Hey, 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 what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating and listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex, two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. The goal scorer, Morgan, and he's done it again. Lewis Morgan with a second of the match. He won't have the goal. He's framed the top 90. It's a sensational first goal for Gonzalo Higuain. I got to say, that was a pretty solid 24 hours while it lasted, being fifth in the East and in the playoffs. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Yeah, buddy, it was... uh, Rude awakening, but uh, we are going to get into all of the uh, exposure of this uh, of this club on, what was that, Friday? I don't know. I think we drank to forget after that, buddy. But welcome, everyone, to the Near Miami Podcast. I'm Jay Kington, alongside, as always, Alex Papa. George, how are you doing today, bud? I'm doing fantastic. I don't really care. So. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> just kidding. How are you doing, buddy? The balls you have, dude. The balls you have. I don't see you in a few weeks and you just seem to drop. We got to find the ways to bring smiles to our face because it certainly wasn't that performance. It was not that performance, but damn, we did have a pretty good time at the game as we always do. We did until we didn't. Until like 70th minute, we were like, oh man, like, it's, is there any good going to come from this or is this just going to be a thrashing? Well, we talked about it and it seems like every time we bring a compadre to one of these games that hasn't yet been, we seem to just not even show up for the match. I know that we, we were like discussing that. I'm done bringing outsiders because it's an embarrassing show. And even like Thane was like, well, I'm a friend. I'm like, you're a colleague. I mean, and a friend, but like you're involved. So like you don't have the curse. Our record this year is 0 and 5. With bringing outsiders? Bringing outsiders. Yeah, yeah it makes a makes a lot of sense as we try and grow this. And as the club tried to grow it too, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, but they were, were offering additional tickets to hype it up only for that to occur. You know, and I appreciate the gesture. I do appreciate the gesture, but you know what? One thing, you know, box office peoples if you're going to give us free tickets like hopefully we're sitting next to the other person right yeah. you know you can't have us on two separate sides of the stadium because you know i'm like later dude i'll see you after the game right so i'm the i am the official season ticket holder for both of, of alex and i and what i mean by that is like it's my email that that is linked when i originally made the purchase so i get the emails and one of the questions was you know where are your seats and it's not, you know, what section your seats in. It's, it's, are they in the east, the west, the north, or the south stands? So we're in the west stand, so I enter west. Where did they give us the tickets? On the east. I'm like, man, you guys are making it rough. But, you know, I mean, wink, wink. It's fairly easy to move around that stadium and find seats all together. So wasn't too much of an issue. I don't know what you're talking about, sir. I don't know either. Decipher that as you will. Yes, and you know maybe buy some rafter tickets, and you know maybe you can find yourself field side. You know you never know. You never know. You never know. And you know what we do know though, Jay, is we got ten games 
remaining on this season. And that does not include if we ever do put back that match that was canceled a few months ago. I know you love talking about it. No, it's on there. It's going to be October 3rd. Oh, it's, well, there you it's, go. It's coming it soon. So it's, that is part of the 10 games. Or sorry, um, October 9th. Ah. The third is what we're really excited about for probably masochist reasons with the Portland game. <laughs> That is a uh, landmine that I think we're just about to walk into, but we have a few potential landmines that we're going to try and avoid over the next few weeks before we get to that one over in Portland. It's funny how your confidence can get shaken in just one game because we were like hype, like, oh, you know, 10 out of 14 opponents of our remaining opponents at that point in time were below the playoff line, but... Oh, that was a that was a brutal, brutal showing on Friday against the Red Bulls. Well, listen, sir, I think that, you know, we were talking about that easy stretch of games for a while. And of course, we're talking about our matches against the Chicago Fire, then into Toronto, then we tied Orlando City, moving into Cincinnati, the Columbus crew in Toronto. And that's really where our easy stretch ended. And to be honest, we actually performed pretty damn well over that course of games you know we did pull out four wins and one tie over the course of those six matches which is pretty impressive but that came to a screeching halt my friend against the red bulls it really did and it was funny because in the press conference someone was asking phil like does the inconsistency bother him and he's like inconsistency like i think you and i have a different definition of inconsistency we've won the last six games and i was like eh, like head turned sideways i was like Maybe Phil and I have a, a, a different view on the word win because we, we have not won. We drew against Orlando, but yeah, a pretty good unbeaten spell there. I think it was what, one loss in like 11 games or, or something like that. So it was very good, but now we're, we're two loss and we did have a three-game winning streak. But hey, that just sets us up for another winning streak. You're right. Like, hey, listen, the beginning of the season, I don't even think we had a winning streak to our name, you know, not unbeaten, but actual winning streak. So, hey, let's let's look at the positives here and these milestones we're tackling. Well, another positive that I'm extremely happy about is the fact that David Beckham and Jorge Mas and his brother, Jose Mas, have doubled down and uh, on their ownership and decided finally to buy out Marcelo Clore and Masayoshi's son, while also adding Aries management as a quote unquote, preferred equity investor. I know you're all smart with that. I don't, well, do you know exactly what preferred equity investor entails? To my understanding right now, they're either already a partner or a silent investor in this equation, or if they do, that is the Moss brothers and David Beckham decide to reopen, you know, equity potential agreements with outside participants, this would be their preferred alternative and next in line to the management group of inter miami no way of validating that right now but it sounds good to me so we're just going to accept that answer as uh, as fact here and you know what i love about this dude is i actually uh went down to the canes game this last weekend and boy if you're going anymore those just sell your tickets L now losses around all around miami south florida around. It, 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 even up to florida state we're going the whole state even ucf got beat by louisville shout out the cardinals you know i love you Listen, we're in a pure downward spiral right now. You know, we're talking about Florida teams. We got to loop in the Miami Dolphins, too, with that. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Out. Yeah. What is that? 35-0? 35-0. The whole rough. state's just sinking into the ocean, literally and figuratively. Like what you did right there. Like uh, I don't think I told you this, but the defensive line coach for the Miami Dolphins just moved in next door. Oh, how does that affect us? Well, clearly not that well. <laughs> <But> here's, 
Here, here's this name you just dropped. <laughs> Do you have any butter? <laughs> no, but uh, no, but listen, you know, over this weekend, I went to the Canes game and afterwards, had to blow off a little bit of steam. So I headed over to Hard Rock, right? You know, it's we're two days of having to blow off steam. We're, 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 you went to that game to blow off steam from Friday night. You're right. And this was a little bit of a bender of a weekend as you're putting the pieces together. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, headed over to the Hard Rock, played some blackjack, actually came out with about plus 120, which I was pretty happy about. But you know what we learned there? is how you double down on your investment if you believe in it. And that is what David Ma, David Beckham and the Moss brothers are doing. So I love this. I, you know, there's got to be some type of confidence if they've been behind the scenes and, you know, being the puppeteer and being like, hey, you know, I'm going to double down on this. So we'll yeah. see how it happens. And someone, I forgot who it was, but one of our listeners commented on our post. I was like, I'm really interested in, in your guys' take on this. And I was just like, stitches, your snitches get stitches, dude. Like, I'm a screw, screw Chloray. Like, I think everyone knows how I feel about this whole situation. If you do listen to this podcast, you know, you, you snitched on your, on your club. We would have been fine last year. I'm not saying it's right, but it's definitely not right to snitch. And I think there's some of this egotistical, like I wanted more say, or be more involved in the decision processes, whatever it is. Like I'm good riddance. I'm I'm happy. I agree. This this is one of those like relationships, right? Like if you know, like if your girl cheats on you, right, and it's like, oh, like my bad, it'll never happen again. You're like, ah, but you're a witch. That's a that's an interesting analogy there. But okay, took All myself right. back to 22 years old, freshly out of college, and now we all have a story. <laughs> you know, we all we have some other good news. Some first ever in the club history. And that's not about just being in the official playoff above the playoff line for a solid 24 hours, but we finally have a kit sponsor. It only took only took over a year and a half, probably two years. If you go back to, to the beginning, you know, not like Austin had Yeti as their sponsor like six months before they played. But hey, better late than never. They're on island time down here, so it's all right. And something we're kind of fond of. It is XBTO, which is a crypto financial institution. I believe they have exchange, but it looks like they all, it's, it almost operates, a, it looks like a hedge fund. I, I've got to look more into it. Uh, some people did complain that you know, it wasn't one of the cryptocurrencies like they preferred or they weren't fond of the cryptocurrency uh, world in general, or they didn't like the way it looked on the shirt, but whatever. Crypto is the future. Get on with it or get left behind. We're very, very pleased with that. I think we're partial to thank for this sponsor, to be honest. <laughs> that's That's got to be it. I'm sure uh, the international firm that moved their headquarters to Miami was swayed by the inner Miami podcast in, in these two dudes. Yeah. I'll be honest. Didn't know a thing about XBTO group. Join the club. Did not know anything. And I think I'm in the party of just not loving the way that it looks on the actual kit, but that's just my personal preference. Curious to hear yours, but this crypto stuff, man, it's taking over South Florida, Miami in general. It, it, Miami very well might be the capital of crypto, at least in the U.S., but potentially the world here coming up pretty soon, man. They're certainly trying in Miami to make, it, to make it the capital of the, of the United States, but there never, be, never will be El Salvador, which has like National Bitcoin Day and has fully embraced everything. Listen, man, Congress is going to tax the hell out of us. Miami coin, you know, just released a few weeks ago. Mayor Suarez put that into existence. 
Netflix had one hell of a show called Startup that I know you turned me on to. And if you like Crypto Game, go ahead and watch that. About three seasons of Fire. They're coming out with a fourth season. It is called Startup. And, you know, in general, Miami Beach is just turned into Silicon Beach. I mean, if you're going to be a degen and, and get rich real fast off crypto, Miami is definitely one of the top five cities in the world that you'd want to live in. Yeah. I mean, listen, this XBTO. Bar maybe Ibiza. Company, yeah, almost. Uh, but this this company, man, I mean, they've raised over like two hundred million over the course of this year, so they are doing big things, just like most crypto. And I'm I'm happy with the choice of crypto. Don't know what XBTO is, and I think that they can work on the actual presentation of the sponsor on the kit. But I am happy with the sponsor. I'm happy with it, but I'm not, the, the club is doing, I, I don't I doubt it's free, but where you could go and get the, the kit sponsor added on to your jerseys because for the past you know year and a half, two years, we've been playing with, with sponsorless kits. I'm more in the camp of, now I'm good with my sponsorless kit because it shows my OG-ness. Well, there you go. I mean, if you want to be a true OG, don't get the sponsor on there or just Put on one of your own, dude. Cafe Bustelo. Like, yeah, we, we're still a big supporter of Cafe Bustelo. We'll see how this, you know, XBTO goes. You know, there are a lot of sanctions. It could be out of business tomorrow. We don't know, but <laughs> Cafe legit. Bustelo will be around. It legit could be out of business <laughs> These tomorrow. These could just be a couple of 16-year-olds, you know, planted in New York City, uh, there you, you know, with a, with a little bit of a trust fund behind them. It's a four-year deal. So, you know, if you don't like it, just suck it up for four years and hope that they get, I don't know, Publix or City Furniture or something like that. Yeah, one of those local brands, you know, something. But anyway, we did have football, you know, fortunately and not fortunately more recently. But as we were touching on, we had been on a bit of a run and we shouldn't overlook that. Although we did have a little bit of a hiccup this last match against <laughs> the Red bit. Bulls. Yeah, by little, I mean, that hiccup came by the <laughs> the result of four and oh, four to oh. And that is a... <laughs> That might be just like the hiccups, you know, like, where's this bro, that's hiccup? like full on choking and no one's there to give you the Heimlich and your whole body is yeah. blue and you're, you're probably passing on to the next level. Oh man. But in our last 12 games, we have one seven, we've tied three, we've lost two for a total of 24 points in a more of a, I guess, a hyper-focused lens. We can look at the last five matches where we've won three, tied one, lost one for a total of 10 points. Now, looking at this at a little bit more of a 20,000-foot view down on our season, we have played 24 matches this year and with a record of nine wins, 10 losses, four ties, 432 points. Now, as we look at these numbers and a little bit more of that second-level data, let's keep in mind we have 24 points in our last 12 matches, yet we've played 24 matches this year. Yes, that means that we only have eight points in the entire first half of the season. 12 matches, eight points. Yikes. That's a, that's a solid breakdown right there. I'm, I'm not going to lie. That's a lot of numbers. I was trying to keep track of that. But you know what? It doesn't matter what you did. It's what you've done, what you're doing right now, rather. And, and we're on the right track. That There is no lie. The first half of the season was one of the brutal things that tested the true fandom of a lot of people. And a lot of people did make it through. We lost some. We lost some soldiers along the way. But you know what? It's all right. This game is not for the faint of heart. We have 
seemingly turn the season around with the removal of the memory of Friday night and this 4-0 beatdown. But that's the that's what you want to see. And I think it was something they said, like, we had a, a, a six-point week, right? We had three games in one week, uh, and obviously we lost one last night. But that's still still not bad. We, we do have to remain grounded. Yes, losses suck. They suck even more when you've been on, you know, an unbeaten streak like that and then a three-game winning streak. Yes, but... You know, let's not forget that we, we've been doing the best we can to pull it out with a fairly depleted squad. And, you know, you, you it, there's been some struggles in the past few games. No lie. You can no lie about it. And a lot of people are bringing into conversation the level of competition of those games. You know, like it's not our fault that we get scheduled some of the lower teams as far as the Cincinnati, the Columbus and the Toronto game go. Very ugly performances that we seemingly had to find a way to grind out the wind. And, and a lot of times that came at the very end of the game. Listen, I'd rather be hot the second half of the season than be hot the first half of the season, right? Yes. And I think a pure example is, you know, look no further than the Columbus crew, right? They came out of the gates. They won the cup last year. And now they're stumbling all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think this is a kind of a, a common message that we talk about each and every podcast and kind of reverting back to the original or the... Or, earlier parts of this year, right? And I'm looking through our schedule in the preliminary months and looking at that LA Galaxy, you know, two to three loss that we gave at the final minutes, probably the last 10 minutes of that. That was our season opener down here in Fort Lauderdale. And looking at that loss that we took against the Chicago Fire back on May 22nd. And, you know, these are losses that, you know, in the moment may not look like big things, but when we kind of fast forward five, six months down the road and we look back at where we've stumbled, these are the points that we can pick out where we've lost points. I agree. I, I, I view it the same way I view the NCAA March Madness basketball tournament. I don't even know if we can say March Madness without getting sued, but whatever. Come after us. Uh, you know, it, it's about hitting your stride, right? You want to get in a, in a streaky form to run through that. And I think that's what we're doing right now, although we're, we're, we've been struggling recently, but we need to continue to improve. Prime example is Atlanta. Look at Atlanta just coming on super strong, mid-season and they look like no one's going to slow them down. I mean, that, that's what we want to see. So we have plenty of time to brush ourselves up off, get back out there and get some W's, although it's not going to be easy over these next few games. It's not. It's not. And I guess to kind of wrap this up, you know, this back half, you know, these, the, these, these 12 games that we've most recently won, we've had three times the amount of points than our first 12 games. And those are big, big numbers. So, you know, as we continue to move forward as a franchise and as a club, you know, it's not just about this year, it's about next year and the following years and, you know, developing our academies and looking at this as more of a holistic view. This is, this is something that we've talked about and it's consistency and good teams are consistent. So, you know, we did have three games, you know, to cover on since the last time we jumped on the podcast. So wanted to touch about each one of these pretty quick. We do have three games to, to cover, and we're going to do this fairly brief, so this doesn't get super long-winded. But I mean, first off, we get the win against Columbus, who are the reigning MLS Cup champion. Sounds great, right? But honestly, it seems like they're playing like we were at the beginning of the season. This is a, a struggling team. This is the game where Gonzalo Higuain was able to chip the keeper off a, a really horrible uh, back pass to the goalie uh, from their left mid or center back. I can't remember exactly which one it was. Horrible play. We were able to capitalize on it, get the result, and then you move on to the Toronto game. Another overall, I'd say, lackluster team performance, but we were able to have McCoon be like, yeah, I'm going to put the team on my back, run up there, get into the box, and beautiful combination play. 
gets down, gets up, pushes Morgan aside, says, this is my penalty, I'm taking it, hits him with a little Bruno for Nange, hop, skip, rip into the bottom right corner for a win. But again, a very lackluster overall team performance. And even going back one one game uh, before the Columbus one with the Cincinnati, there's nothing that's been really exciting. We're just finding ways to really grind out these games. And that left us a little concerned that a team could come along and really expose us, especially after having so many games in a short period of time. I mean, we're literally talking, what, four games in 13 days, basically. And it, it, it's, it was insane. And that's what happens when you are a little fatigued, when you're a little tired, when you're mentally drained, is you can get absolutely sliced up from a surgical precision like New York did and, and kind of, you know, ruin our experience of bringing our buddy to the stadium. <laughs> yes. Let, let alone another time a first experience is ruined, but you know, listen, man, I think we had this one coming a little bit here. I think that <laughs> we were playing with fire and we got burned a bit and you know, the, the, the Gonzalo play, you know, the only goal in the Columbus match, you know, Macoon scoring an extra time off of a penalty kick that was a foul that had no chance of us actually being in an offensive attacking position, you know, just kind of, I guess, happened to fall the way that we wanted to fall. Uh, but that came to a close this last Friday night against the Red Bulls. So, you know, I think we had to come in a little bit. And the important part is how we jump back on that rocket ship and get back up to the moon for us crypto fans. So you want you want some silver lining here. The last time I brought an outsider buddy was the 5-0 beatdown from the Revs. What happened after that? Hey, we go on our streaky form. So let's just put that energy out there into the metaverse Oh man, this is deep with crypto. <laughs> Let's just put that energy out there. We're about to turn around. We're about to go on a, a, a 10 game win streak. I'm calling it now, bud. Metaverse, man. We have totally lost our minds. Yeah. How, like really there's going to be like 2% of people know what the hell we're talking about. Everybody else is going to be like, Jesus, get these guys off the mic. It, it really was. It really was. But again, like here's the thing too. We've been playing with a fairly depleted squad. So this the next game could get a little tricky as well. Um, but we're going to move on. We're going to pick ourselves up. We're going to uh, to move on, man. That's just all you can do. It seems like it was only a matter of time before the teams catch on to our four, our three, four, three, rather, or our five, two, three, however you want to do this. We can even do five, two, two, one, whatever you want to do, however you want to do. We're just going to call it a four, three, four, three, man. I'm losing it over here, but it's only a matter of time for that got exposed. And especially given all the factors we've discussed, man, it, it was a really, really ugly recipe for a overall disastrous performance. Yeah. I mean, listen, these, this exposed us on so many different levels, but I mean, we've talked about each and every podcast since really our lack of offensive creativity and, you know, putting some type of pressure on the final third of the defense. We had none of that, you know, it was glaring. It was a little bit disappointing too. I'll be honest with you. You know, I've been, I've been lobbying for Robbie to get one of those shots, you know, in that number nine striker position where Gonzalo typically plays for our club. And he had that opportunity when we traveled up to Toronto and he really did not capitalize on that. And I got to say, it, it was one of the more disappointing showings of, of the season for me. I thought that he was, that was a team Toronto being one of the worst clubs in the league that you can go in and you can rack up one, potentially two goals and take home a brace back down to South Florida. That did not happen. And, you know, with the idea of having some of the veteran players, you know, get a little bit of rest, you know, Blaze did not start on this game in Toronto and Gonzalo did not even fly up to Toronto 
Indiana did have a chance to prove what he's got, especially after that hell of a goal against Nashville last time around. But he was another disappointing one where I thought that they had some good opportunities and chances to perform and they just didn't do so. To be fair, to be far, Iguain did have a planned rest because he's old and not as fit as he once was. That did give Robbie the opportunity, and you're right. He kind of squandered it. I think a lot of people were asking for that, and it seemed like he, I don't know, maybe maybe choked in the big lights or maybe it was off, but there were several just miscues from that. And you said it as, as well, is that we lack creativity. We really don't have enough creative, or creative players and we really saw that we're going back to that very stagnant, not not getting open, not trying to to alleviate pressure from anyone else. The the obviously the 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 high press was not working out either way. It seemed like nothing that we came with as far as strategies are concerned actually worked out. And I think a big difference too that we saw in that winning streak, right? In that winning streak, we were seeing the ball push from the back line to the front attacking third immediately, right? We were mm -hmm. seeing LGP hitting those lob passes to our wingers, to our striker that I think initiated our attack on more of a counter attacking type of standpoint. And that's some stuff that we never see. And we hadn't seen before that. And we haven't seen it over the last few games. And, you know, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but due to yellow card, you know, I'm, we're not going to be able to see that for at least another week. We're not, and we lost possession a ton. It was very, very frustrating. We keep on going, you know, preferring down that left side, but we haven't had Gibbs in a while. So that Gibbs and Robbie connection is is basically not there. You're basically experiencing some some Shea to Robbie connections, and it's it's just not the same thing. We really have to get Gibbs back. But good news. He's coming back. We're going to get into that just a little bit later because there are many questions that are desired to be answered about this upcoming game uh, against Nashville. But one of the biggest things that I saw that kind of annoyed me a little bit was we did mention the club did give two free tickets to the season ticket holders at the same time where they were hoping that everyone would, you know, invite some friends to experience the game, experience the atmosphere. I mean, I, I, I get it, right? No good deed goes unpunished in Miami. But what I did notice in the same breath was that there are a lot of, I've got two tickets for sale in the similar, in the same sections that all these tickets are really dispersed for. So come on, guys, we need to do better. We're trying to help the club out and hype it up, not just pocket, I don't know, 40 bucks a ticket or whatever it is. But, you know, maybe they're disgruntled with the season and trying to reclaim some of that money. Yeah, there was a few instances of that. Well, you know what? Maybe what they were trying to do was sell their seats from the other side of the stadium and just try and, like, buy two seats right next to them, right? Like I did see some people trying to play, the, like, the, the match, like, go, go fish, right? You know, like, I've got two tickets here. Like, let's switch. Let's make this work. Let's get all four together. But I didn't see any successful stories of that happening. Uh, the other, I guess, big story of this game was Nico going off. And this is early. It's 38th minute. Gets a second yellow card. And you know what the bad thing about this is? Is we're going to miss Nico for two games now. We're going to miss him because he got a red, which is automatic suspension for the following game. And yellow card accumulation. So that's that's the way it was uh, worded in the press conference. We're looking at two games without Nico, but good news is we're not selling them. So chill out. We'll just have to make shift on this raft as we try and navigate the uh, the angry seas here. But very, again, disappointing. I don't, I don't want to 
we're trying to stay positive here. Very disappointing. Nobody is really happy. Um, but you know, Hey, I'll tell you what, going back to that 24 hours, that was good. Cause we had nine wins in nine losses. It was the first time we had an equal number. We've never had more wins than losses, but we've been rolling for the past year and a half with many more losses than wins. So we are getting back up to that 500 level, which is very nice. And to your point, we have a damn near identical win percentage, both away and at home. Yeah, so I don't know how much home field advantage is really going to help us out, to be honest. And Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, but not just Nico won't be in these next few games. For the next game, <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure we're missing LGP too. So we're he also got a yellow, and he will be out on, on yellow card accumulation. So basically what's going to happen is uh, tomorrow at 6.30 p.m., the club is having open tryouts for any aspiring center backs. There's no restrictions. It doesn't matter if you are super shredded and athletic or if you haven't been off the couch in a month. Hey, that COVID quarantine 15 is a real thing. Get out there and give it a shot. You hear that? All of our Instagram listeners who always ask us when tryouts are, this is your shot tomorrow. <laughs> this is it. This Show is Show up at the pitch. But Jay, you were talking a little bit about, you know, some of these stats, man. And I got one that'll blow your mind, sir. This, not only was this the first time all year that the Red Bulls scored more than two goals in a game. Yes, that's right. The first time all year they've scored more than two goals in a game. This was also their second victory in 12 matches. And they led Inter Miami with a whopping 27 to 2 in total shots with 9 to 1 on target. Man, this this is this this was a bloodbath from start to finish. It, it really was. I mean, almost from, from, from the minute the whistle blew, I think we realized that, that we were in some trouble here. So I'm really glad that we can be the team to give them their, their first four-goal game of the season. Yeah, and unfortunately this was... Which is what they did last year, if I'm not mistaken, four to one. That, that was probably the last time that they got over two goals in a game. Yes, that is probably true. Now, this was a bad loss. This was a very bad loss, given that this... This is kind of one of those games, especially as we look ahead at our schedule, where we have Atlanta, we have Portland, we have the Revs, we have NYCFC coming up here that you cannot drop these games. And especially as we kind of talk about these matches with other teams that are jockeying for playoff position, this is not a game that you want to lose. And I mean, as we look ahead to our schedule, and especially as we tackle this Nashville game, that's really the next one up on our calendar it does not get pretty. And Jay, with Nashville being kind of our, you know, guys kind of always in our ecosystem of inner Miami, mm -hmm. being that they were an expansion club the same year we're an expansion club, this game is always big. Yeah, they're like our stepbrother that we don't like. You know, it's literally like the movie Stepbrothers. It's two expansion teams who both talk smack to each other because one has to be better than the other because we can't accept just enjoying this MLS party together and uh you know you, you look on the i've seen some some heated twitter heated, heated reddit exchanges it, it is it is pretty funny but yeah they're and the, the sad part is that they're a better team than we are they have a, a, a better expansion team should i say last year it's no secret they, they built their team from the back a very dominant defensive team but they really weren't a, a threatening offense right they're, these are i mean they have more than 10 draws in the in the 
past two seasons. Like they draw out, um, but this year they figured out their attack and they're becoming very, very lethal and putting up some numbers. So this is not going to be uh, an easy feat at all, especially with the depleted roster that we currently have. We're going to have to really dig down deep, pull something out, maybe make some tactical adjustments. This is going to be a very difficult game, but it is a home game so we can all get rowdy and hopefully party together. I mean, we're going to party for win or loss. That just happens in Miami, but this will be a good home game. Go to this home game. Don't be afraid. This is the last home game into October 20th, so get it in while you can. Yes, there's about a month break between our next match down here in Fort Lauderdale. This this upcoming match against Nashville is this coming Wednesday. As Jay said, it is a home match at 7.30 against Nashville. So, like we said, it's going to be a tough one. And guess what? There's a little bit of bad blood because last time we played them in Fort Lauderdale, we did win. And that, I believe, was that our first win against Nashville? I know we had tied. Yeah, them. yeah, that was the first one. That was our first win. So that came. And it felt good. It felt amazing. And that was when we were, you know, in one of our many different seats around that stadium. But uh, no, that was the Indiana game. If you actually recall, that was one of the best moments, I think, in Inter-Miami history thus far. And, you know, since then, a lot has changed. A lot has changed. But, you know, and now we're kind of reverting back to... Uh, how we were last season the beginning of the season with that game but regardless staying positive there is a lot to unwrap here yeah i mean listen since the last game they've lost once which actually shockingly came last weekend when we took our l against uh the red bulls they actually took an l against toronto two to one so very shocking there because this has been one of the hottest clubs in the entire mls beating the teams of you know, Atlanta, NYCFC, DC United, all these clubs, you know, in the playoff fold. And to lose to Toronto is a little bit of a question mark. That's a team that we've handled pretty uh, well over the course of this season. But, you know, this is still a dynamite team. They have a second seed in the East, fourth, I'm sorry, fifth in the Supporters Shield race right now. And as Jay said, up until now, they had really been known about a defense being a defensive club. You know, people like Walker Zimmerman on on the roster who won the defensive player of the year last year in the MLS. But this year, this year's a little bit different. This year's being catapulted by their offense. They are the sixth highest scoring team in the MLS, and they are the third highest assist totals in the league as well. So they distribute the ball and they score the ball when they have the opportunities. And to give you an idea, Inner Miami is third to last. So we're talking about two teams totally on the different spectrums, although we were both expansion clubs last year. You only need one goal to win, though. You only do, but it's going to be tough against Nashville because Joe Willis is in goal, and this man leads the MLS with 10 clean sheets this year. And, I mean, you know, you got to look at, you know, him and, you know, Matt Turner as kind of two of probably the most you know, well put together goalies in the entire league. I, uh, you can't disagree with that, but there is something to consider that having an amazing back line does make you look a lot better as a keeper versus having a Swiss cheese back line. Well, what are we going to have this week? <sighs> buddy, buddy, buddy. So do we, do we want to get into that? Okay. So it's going to be rough. I'm not going to lie. Now, 
you know, there is that, that there was that rumor about Ami Mabika, uh, potentially uh, he didn't play for uh, Fort Lauderdale CF, potentially coming up. Uh, but Phil Neville did kill that rumor actually earlier today, um, saying that he does have a team of 16. Um, so, you know, but keep your hope up. We are going to have Mabika on the podcast sooner than later, hopefully. Uh, very, very cool dude. Very nice, very humble. Very, very cool. Uh, but, you know, that does leave us in a problem. We are going to be without several players and the vast majority are all on the defensive line. We're going to be without Shawcross, without Ventura, who has been injured basically since his acquisition from Liga Emekis, who I think we're very high up on and would love to see out there. He's still injured. Joven Jones is still injured. Ian Frey is still injured. Fagal is on seemingly indefinite suspension. Leandro is going to be out for the next game. Leandro Gonzalez-Pirez and Victor Uyoya is also out. We legit have about 13 to 14 outfield players, according to Phil. Now, you do have to factor in like Valencia and, and Ascona, who are on Fort Lauderdale, but signed to Inter-Miami. So that's kind of where we're, we're at with that 16 number. So it seems like the best options we have right now are Christian McCoon. Kieran Gibbs is back. Thank the Lord. We got Sammy Gadiri, Kelvin Leardam. We do have Morgan. We do have Shea, although they're not really defenders. They're more wingbacks now. But there is also this weird caveat, and we'll see how this plays out over the next two days. I don't. It looks like we're not going to be able to, to to really exercise this really strange clause in the MLS rulebook, but it is called the Extreme Hardship Call-Up Clause. And clubs can add players to their roster in cases of extreme hardship. Extreme hardship exists when an MLS club has fewer than 16 outfield players available or has fewer than two goalkeepers available. A club may sign players on loan to short-term agreements up to four-day contracts for the MLS league season games only in case of extreme hardship. So, Tough, tough, tough break. We're not going to be able to get that. Uh, we are going to answer that with a few of the listener questions. But before we do, we must talk about the now attacking prowess of National SC and the players to really keep your eyes on are number one, CJ Sapong. I don't know how many goals he scored with his feet, but he scored a shit ton with his head. That dude is amazing at getting up and glancing balls and he's got 10 goals on the season the other one that we honestly we're gonna have to admit it but we do like is randall leal he is just a baller uh on the wings and in the midfield there four goals seven assists half of his goals come from outside the box he is not afraid to let it rip he has a neck tat and all the confidence in the world we need more neck tats in our miami give us some swag but their best player bar none is Hani Mukhtar. Some people call him the Messi of the MLS until Messi comes to enter Miami. He's got 10 goals, nine assists. He is third in the league in assists. He did have a hat trick on this season. He can score from free kicks. He is a scary, scary man, but I do love his celebration, just saluting the fans. Uh, so that's really who you need to key in. And of course, Alex's most hated player in the league, Mr. Dax McCarty. Not off talent, not because he beats us, simply because he does not like the positional arrangement of his face he is definitely the front runner for the trout award this year there's no doubt dax <laughs> is winning that trophy but jay i gotta ask you man that's a rundown of nashville i gotta ask you but what would you say if i ask you to fill in this blank right inner miami wins if 
that's the blank. Hmm. If we stay mentally disciplined and can I do two? Are you allowed? And if you fight for the man on your left and the man on your right, God, please run around and get open to alleviate some pressure so we don't get pressed back to hell. I like that. I had a little bit short of a blank on the script, but uh, it's you know, fine. fair. I'll flip the same question on you then. Uh, you know, Miami wins if they get two goals. Okay. I thought you were going to say don't lose. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll take it. Two goals against a stout defense, but we did it last time thanks to – I mean, we really are the added – time kings of the mls how many at a time goals do we have now like five six i think we've won three in like the, literally the final five minutes yeah it's been maybe well, the final two minutes i'm talking about added time i'm not yeah. even talking within regulation it, it is crazy but I, we do want to run through these uh these questions from some of our listeners that they uh they sent in uh so here's <laughs> I mean, you, you, everyone Gotta that listens the to the podcast, this podcast. You, you know that we don't really take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> we, we try and take the sport a little more serious for uh, the fans, but you know how it goes. Uh, first one, who will be the quickest Inter Miami player carted up since LGP and Nico are gone? What's your answer? Wow. Conventional wisdom is telling me Gregory. However, I'm going to throw a wild card out there and say Lewis Morgan. I don't know why. I just feel like he's going to be revved up. All right. What about I, you? My answer was going to be on Gregory, but, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I could see a situation where Robbie's frustrated and, like, just pushes someone over, you know? But it's coming. I can tell you right now. We're not walking out of this game without a yellow, it's, if not multiple. We're talking about these net tats. Is, is Robbie the only one with the neck tat on yeah, our team? It's, Robbie, I, you don't I like mean, it. We're, we're, you know, we, we do like Robbie quite a bit, but that is a soft neck tat. You don't like soft, it? Soft a little cursive tat. right there? So, like, come on, man. It's like Justin Bieber. Like, I don't know, man. Do you need to get like a full on, like your Adam's apple needs to be tatted? For those who do not know, which is everyone listening, Jay was post Malone for Halloween two <laughs> years ago. This in there? And if you want to <laughs> see that picture, you DM us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Discord. Please ask the question, Jay, send me your post Malone picture. Dude, no lie. In, in one of our group chats, with uh, some some ex coworkers we had, that is literally the the picture that they are trolling me with in here. So, uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, hey, Post Malone, it's my son's favorite rapper. What can I say? Anyway, moving on. Next question, which I don't even know where I'm losing everything. Here we go. Uh, who the hell will be playing playing defense this week? Well, we told you really who the available options are. If if I had to try and string this together as is, we're talking three center backs right now, I'm gonna go with Gibbs as the left. Center back, McCoon as the true center back, and then Leardam as the right center back because I think Gibbs and Leardam, you know, both being respective to the left, to the right, but playing more in the wings, I think they're going to come bring it home. And then I think we're going to see Shea on the left, uh, left wing back position and Lewis Morgan on the right wing back position. The other option is Sammy Gadiri, but I think he probably comes on as a sub to alleviate someone who's dying because they're running around like a maniac trying to defend this team. Yeah, I mean, last player to kind of throw in the mix. No, he's not playing on the back line, but it's Nick Nick Marsman. He's got to have one hell of a game for us mm -hmm. to win this. Mm -hmm. uh, he's going to be dealing with shots all night, and it's going to depend on how well he blocks them. So, Or we could just have big John McCarthy play as a center back. <laughs> Would he wear his hat out there? Would he just still slap balls down even though he can't use his hands? <laughs> Sorry, you, uh, you're you no longer playing goalie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, where? What? We will see. We will see. But yeah, my best guess uh, going from left to right would be Shea Gibbs, McCoon, Leardham, Morgan. Uh, <laughs> last question. 
How much does it suck to work on the pod after performance like that? Well, it's really not fun. Uh, it's We've, not fun, but you know what? After a certain while, you just kind of get comfortable in the suck and you kind of just get used to it. You know, when we win, we're pretty damn fired up. I mean, must we remind the listeners that we did bang out about 50 episodes for our first season, which was many, many painful games. So we are, we are very happy. We have some positive results this year. Uh, we do try and come in and if it's been, you know, if everyone's really feeling bad, we try to, to be quick with the coverage and, and, and be funny about it. Bring smiles, spread love and joy. That's what it's all about here on the inter Miami podcast. What do we have after Nashville buddy? Yeah, you know, some people just take this just too damn seriously. And sometimes you just got to hear something and bring a smile to your face because it ain't the performance we're putting on the pitch. But let's talk traders. Let's talk traders. And there's one trader that comes to mind, and that's Max Ramos. Max Ramos, Max former president Ramos. of the Siege until he moved to Atlanta for the Five Stripes and keeps sending us pictures at their tailgates in their stadium being like, look, Atlanta United's got their own tent for their podcast. Well, I don't know. Come on, Inner. You're making me look bad over here. Give us a little tent for our for our live shows at the stadium. Yeah, it's hilarious. We were talking through Max, and he just moved up to Atlanta, and we, we're all going to miss him down here in the oh, Miami yeah. community. He's a great guy, and you know, he sends us a Snapchat or an, uh, one of those Instagram messages and is like, hey, look where I am. <laughs> chopping it up in the supporters group of Atlanta. I'm like, dude, come on already, bro. <laughs> like, This is still fresh. He didn't even wait, bro. He didn't even wait. There, I don't know if there's a trade-in policy for other jerseys at the Atlanta shop, but <laughs> he, he didn't even. He just left us. No, it's, it's all love with Max. We're just joking with him. He knows that. Uh, but the next game, yeah, Atlanta United. Man, they are in a great form right now. They are scary. Yeah, they are one of the hottest clubs in the entire league. And guess what? If there's a team that's going to rival them, it's the team that we're going to play after that. And that's the Portland Timbers. And oh, yeah, we get to fly all the way to the West Coast to play this club. So they are playing out of their minds. And Jay, after that, we have the Red Bulls again, the Columbus Crew, Toronto Cincy. What game over this next seven game span, really kind of month period, do you have circled and say, hey, this is a must win? Oh, man, that's a lot of circles. Um, you know, I think out of respect, I really do respect the, the Timbers organization. Uh, really like their atmosphere up there. That's going to be a very tough challenge. That's the one I, I really have circled. Uh, if we can get a positive result there, I think it sets a tone for the remaining games of the season. So that's certainly the one that I'm most excited about slash most concerned about, but want to see the best result. Fair enough. I'm looking forward to seeing Eric Williamson out there um, playing, playing great. And Blanca is just shredding too. The whole club is back. And that's what's really happened is that they were just, injury infested mm -hmm. over the first half of the season and they really came to form getting Zero, some of their players yeah. back from injury Stacked. u.s men's national club things like that and you i know, don't want to hear that chainsaw rev too much no 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 not at all not at all but jay i also want to kind of bring to attention we play atlanta united twice mm -hmm. in the next nine matches i believe and we got to get that red bulls team back man that was just an ass whooping from start to beginning so sir i have the red bulls <laughs> start to beginning well, we never fully got out of there. So, yeah, start to the end. Uh, but also that Atlanta United team, I mean, that's going to test our character. That's going to test our character. And the first time we play them is actually in Atlanta. And as Max has so gracefully <laughs> shared us so many videos over the last few weeks, that place is going nuts. Yeah, yeah, it is very, very rowdy. But, you know, speaking of playoffs, speaking of playoffs, 
I think your overall sentiment and, and, you know, I do, we do want to share this clip of, of Phil Neville's, uh, you know, post game interview and, you know, just let us know what you think. And that was a disgraceful performance. In my opinion, we threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave them the friggin' game. In my opinion, that sucked. What's that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. <laughs> Clearly not Phil Neville, but we did want to want to throw that in there just for some laughs as we, uh, you know, get into playoffs discussion and of course after that bad defeat, the legendary Jim Mora himself. That was a request from Mr. Papa George. Playoffs. Playoffs. Talking about playoffs. What an iconic sound bite that was. If you have an opportunity to play it, you got to take it. I mean, it's it's glorious. And then it's led you down a, a rabbit hole of just frustrated coaches commenting on their their team. So there's always enjoyment in that. But what uh, you know, what does this playoff picture really look like, bud? Yeah, this has been something exciting that we've had our eyes on over the last few weeks. This playoff picture in the MLS is starting to get really exciting here. And I mean, Inter Miami being in the middle of it has only added to that excitement. But you know, as we had last podcast, a little bit of a playoff picture, we wanted to bring everyone up to speed on what the current playoff standing looks like. And with that, we're going to start in the East. We're Eastern Conference guys, so we're going to start in the East. And this starts with the New England Revolution, and it really ends with the New England Revolution. They are absolutely crushing this season. They whooped our butts down here 5-0, to zero, and they have not stopped since. They are 10 points ahead of Kansas City in the Supporters' Shield race. So KC, actually, on the other side, is a part of the Western Conference and they're 10 points ahead of them. It is absolutely crazy. And Jay, as we look at these teams, you know, atop the Eastern Conference, we can kind of break these down into four clear tiers. And I'm curious to hear if you agree on this. Number one, really the only team in the tier one category is the New England Revolution. Number two in tier two are NYCFC, Orlando, and Nashville. And I think of those three clubs, I think Orlando's kind of that one team that's a little bit on the fringe and maybe dropping down to a tier three squad. They have not had a good couple of months and their records do show for it. Right now, they are still in the fourth seed with 38 points tied with NYCFC for the third uh, slot in the Eastern Conference. But they are in a little bit of a stumble themselves. And as we look at the next tier, tier three that really includes atlanta philadelphia and maybe montreal montreal is kind of one of those teams that's on the fringe of three to four even though they did pull off a win this last weekend but i'm really looking at atlanta and philly to kind of round out the playoff picture where one other team is going to be have to be invited to the dance and that's where we exist it's kind of that fourth tier of teams in the eastern conference that includes inner miami dc united the columbus crew and the red bulls those are kind of the four different tiers that i see the conference currently lining up as a couple of these slots are going to be moving inside and out but you know jay do you what are your thoughts on these tiers and is there a team in tier four of inner miami dc the crew and the red bulls that you think is going to volley and actually get a playoff seed so that's the most interesting tier right i mean that's the one everyone's scrapping for because the east is is pretty tight we're, we're really i mean we're if we get a, a win here we're right we're we need to be back in the, the the playoff hunt here but as far as this outside of inner miami for for obvious reasons i think that dc is really uh coming on form now i mean alo camara 
just balling out, scoring goals. It seems like every single game, uh, that would be the, I'd say the, the main competitor in tier four that we need to, to monitor, you know, from week to week to really see. And that's what we need to match. That's not what we need to match. That's what we need to outpace. So we're gonna have to play better than really certainly DC, but also the crew and the Red Bulls. Cause anyone could win a few games and sneak above us. Yeah, and the crazy part, too, is there's only seven points separating the 11th seed and the third seed, right? That's that's crazy, especially to play all the games that we have up until this point. And to only be separated by seven points is just really exciting, too, at the end of the day. You know, if we pull off some of these wins, you know, if we beat Nashville this upcoming Wednesday, and if we beat Atlanta in Atlanta, you know, things start to happen, right? Mm -hmm. You can take a loss or a tie against Portland, knowing that, you know, you have a couple of these games against Cincinnati, Toronto coming up. But what we can't do is really drop game after game after game right now when games are at their most utmost importance. Yeah. So we that's can't really even, the important part. We can't even really draw many games either we need to maximize and get all three points that's how you secure it. you look for the opponents to either lose or draw and you get your three points and you, and you start to climb we really need to come out with results we have to if we really want to make this push and we look at it you know it's kind of putting our fate in our hands to some capacity, right? You know, this Atlanta team right now is sitting in the sixth seed with 36 points. That's a team that we have the opportunity to jump ahead of them just by off of beating them, right? And those are the games that are super important. And we cannot, I repeat, we cannot lose to these clubs who are lower than us in the playoff standings right now because that is just literally shooting ourselves in the foot. Could not agree more. Go ahead and give us a rundown of the West. Well, as there's the East, you know there's got to be the West. And I mean, this one's a little bit different than the clutter that the East offers. The West is much more top-heavy with Kansas City, Seattle, and Colorado all kind of vying at the top of the rankings, all separated only by two points, which is pretty wild in itself. So there are a lot of close matches and close races as we kind of wrap up the regular season. We're entering Q4, not just in reality, but also in the season. So this is true crunch time from everybody. Uh, actually saw a little bit of news come out of FC Dallas. They did sack their coach yesterday. So not doing it for Pepe Ricardo out there, but if there's no other reason to watch FC Dallas, it's to watch this young stud. Do keep an eye on that team, even though it does seem like FC Dallas is probably going to miss the playoffs. But, you know, hey, as, as as the good boy says, playoffs. We're talking Playoff. about playoffs. Well, Pepe is going to be part of the American soccer slash football scene for years to come. And this is a, a, a absolute stud. He will be on the national team and he'll be, a, you know, a household name for Americans, just as Pulisic, Reyna, McKinney, Dest, Conrad, you name them. They go on and on. Another player to, you know, we were talking about it earlier this morning, you know, another player to come through the, the homegrown system through FC Dallas kind of reminds you of a Brendan Aronson a little bit from the Philadelphia Union last year. Talking about his younger brother, the other Aronson who's really good as well. Right, actually. Good job, parents. Good good job, Bravo. Mr. and Mrs. Aronson. Those are some genes that they're pumping in Those there. Those are some genes and some work ethic. Then look at us. Hey, we're out here, baby. <laughs> no, but listen, looking at the West here, the the real team that I'm excited about is, you know, I've watched these and, you know, gambled on these games is really the San Jose Earthquake. They put up goals. They're mm -hmm. always good for the over. Exciting team out of Northern California. And, you know, right now they're sitting in the 10th seed. Again, they got to get up to the 7th. But that is a club that I would say keep an eye on. They're four points out of that final slot. 
And as we look at it a little bit more on a macro level, Salt Lake, Real Salt Lake has just played extremely well over the last five, six matches to really inch themselves up to that six seed. If I did have a club that is on the outside looking in, though, I would say that that is San Jose or LAFC. And I think that RSL club is going to be the one to drop out. I think Portland's on a roll. I think Minnesota's super tough. And one team has to go to slide in there. And I think LAFC has kind of had a rocky season. You know, I think it's Carlos Vela who just got loaned out as well. So they is not on the club, but that is still a tough team. And we'll just have <laughs> yeah, to man, see how this goes. Rossi went to uh, Fernabachi. Was it Ross- yeah, Rossi? Yeah, no, no, they're not getting rid of Vela. I no, was no, gonna, no. Yeah. So it was Rossi who's out. Rossi, sorry, not Rossi. Good, good, good pronunciation, buddy. All right, and, and then one more thing before we uh, we get out of here. Here's a little, little bit of a funny Funny, funny article that came from an Italian news outlet. So, you know, it's probably more respectable than any of the British outlets like a sun or whatever. They're literally just throw out anything, see if it sticks on the wall. But Gonzalo Higuain reveals he wants to take a sabbatical after the end of his contract with Inter Miami and claims the club wants to sign Inter, or not Inter Messi, <laughs> this club wants to sign Leo Messi. So, I. I don't know if, if, if I hope they have him quoted right. Take a sabbatical from the sport at the end of his contract and not just at the end of the season. Well, we'll see. However, Gonzalo wants to play. He loves saying one. stuff that just shoots him in the foot. Like yeah. it's, 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 he's better when he doesn't talk and he just trains and runs on a treadmill. Clearly his PR rep is just not doing a good job. <laughs> They're probably just like, Oh my gosh. Like again, probably just pouring up the liquor. Like this guy again, <laughs> tough, tough, tough. But, uh, Hey, you know what? Um, that's it, man. I mean, I, I, that we've covered quite a bit and, and thank you everyone for, uh, for joining us. Been a little bit of a delay, but, uh, Hey, we're back here in the flesh per usual. Get out there. Games on Wednesday. Going to be fun. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star review on Apple podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your pastors. I don't know. Whatever. Follow us on IG, FB, and Twitter. For Instagram and Facebook, it's at InterMiami Podcast. For Twitter, it's at InterMIA Podcast. Pink Smoke will be dropping. I think I just saw the uh, the Substack review from Mr. Than Harrington. We were trying to get him on here, but he is coaching his son in two different soccer leagues. Who uh, I can't spoil that. I'll let Than give that update. Very, very uh, hardworking father and son, and starting to see some results. But uh, as we end, Every single episode. Vamos, Miami. Vamos, Miami.